Welcome to VR in Education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR in Education. In today's episode, we're talking about context and more importantly, context for learning. It's possible to design 3D virtual worlds with almost any place or space. So Andrew Wright, who's the director and creator of the Edu Metaverse, is coming on the show today to talk about his company. And I want to pull a quote to sort of set the stage. Andrew said from his company website, the Edu Metaverse is so much more than just a series of empty spaces. This is a customizable gateway towards Education 3.0, learning anything, anywhere, for everyone. So Andrew's 3D Worlds offer educators one of the most engaging and innovative teaching platforms currently available. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are. It's morning here. What is it for you? Afternoon? You know, afternoon for me, I'm just sort of getting ready for supper, so... Oh, blimey, I've only just got up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I always start with this uh, origin story, and that is what got you interested in 3D virtual worlds and then maybe even uh, adding the, the word VR to it? Um, I suppose that's, that really, it all really started during lockdown. I mean, uh, we had some very sort of strict lockdowns here, like they did them almost all over the world. But here in Australia, it was pretty um, pretty full, full on. And... During that time, the students were learning through Zoom, uh, and I I just realised that this isn't happening. You know, we had students that had um, taken pictures of themselves and were, were sort of like just had their images there and had gone off and were playing on their Xbox, what have you. So I thought I realised we needed something else, and uh, so we decided to to start looking around for a platform that we could use to sort of engage them a bit more, you know, creatively, and and that's when it all started and. I found a few platforms and then realized, well, that's great, but there's not much content there. So we began to sort of work in alongside some of the other teachers that I work with. Uh, we started putting our own content and then started designing the worlds as well. So, yeah, that's pretty much where it came from. They say necessity is the mother of invention, right? So I think that's really <laughs> where it came from. Yeah. And I mean, you caught my eye on LinkedIn because, you know, you post sort of updates on some different things that you've been doing and wow, like amazing. <laughs> your, your library is over 35 different 3D immersive environments now. Like, so yeah. how, do you, how do you come up with all these different ideas on virtual spaces to build? Well, I think like when we sort of what I tend to do is I mean, I've been teaching for 20 odd years plus and now as an education consultant still with one foot in the classroom um, I just took the lessons that have worked really really well over the the last 20 odd years there were a couple um, and then I sort of designed a world around it you know we took lessons that were really interesting and engaging and then built worlds around those lessons so yeah there's a lot of sort of educational content that's all ready to go and I just needed to wrap it in something and that's pretty much how the world start like the ocean world you know everybody loves we, we hear the reef is a, is a huge topic and 
you know, and we sort of decided that how can we get, how can we make something that's, it would engage them in that sort of Minecrafty sort of style world that they're already into. Uh, and then you've got them then, it's like a captive audience. So yeah, so mostly it's, it's based around lessons that have worked in the past that I've wrapped into a virtual world. And isn't that the mantra, hey, for anyone who dives into using educational technology, you know, they always say that old mantra, you know, don't put the cart before the horse, which usually means, you know, what what's the pedagogy, what's the curriculum, and how can we use something like 3D virtual worlds to make that even better, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's amazing what comes out of it as well, because we'll, we'll start a world, like, I've, um, there's a world, and say so there is like literally there's no big company. Um, I, t- I actually, I teach is, is the company that I sort of work as myself and the dog. And the EDU Metaverse is something I've built as uh, as a teacher educator. So yeah, it pretty sounds bigger than it actually is. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it is that serious world. So yeah, it's, um, content is key, I guess. And, you know, crazy 35 different environments and some have, which will unpack. That's crazy, isn't it? Now, when people say that to me, it's like, yeah, that is quite a lot. Actually, maybe I've gone overboard. <laughs> yeah, but the detail, is there a favorite one amongst uh, users out there, either students or students and teachers besides the ocean uh, reef environment that you talked about? Yeah, funnily enough, like one of the favorites, I mean, there's the Mars one, which I've just updated uh, and I was doing that this morning is, is a favorite. I mean, we, what, what I, what I tend to do is put in, I will give you an example of, of how that one, why that one is quite popular is because I always put lots of Easter eggs in, mm. uh, in the worlds. And so I don't tell them that they're there uh, and I let them find them. So it's like a voyage of discovery for a lot of those, those worlds. And one of them had, um, uh, in it, and I've, I'd totally forgotten I'd done it. It had a, and we were doing this lesson yesterday inside the Mars environment with a, a group of Year Fours, and I, there's a tower in the in the world, and I'd totally forgotten that I'd actually. This is how ridiculous it is. I, I'd actually recorded a Morse code uh, message because in the in the part of the story, and a lot of the worlds have stories in them that you know they have to follow to be able to get to the lesson and that sort of stuff. So so it's all about engagement. But I put this Morse code message and, and using, I was using Frame VR, you can actually use spatial sound. And I put the sound very quietly on the radio tower. And it, it was an actual message that was beeping out. Like I'd actually typed it in and, and then worked out how to create an audio file from that. And I'd totally forgotten about it. And I was moving around the world and I was talking to somebody else. And then I was back in the classroom and I'll talk about the hybrid classroom concept later on. And I was looking at these two students on the floor on their iPads with their headphones on. And I said, what are you two doing? And they went, there's a message coming out <laughs> of the tower. And I said, is it? Oh, my God, yes, there is. And I realized I put it in there. And they had found it. And they were, without me prompting them, they were trying to work out the Morse code. I mean, this is a group of year fours. I said, if you work that out, I would be amazed. And they did. You know, it's just incredible. Um, that whatever you put in there, they will find and they'll discover. So and I think that world is quite popular because it does have quite a few of those sort of like wow moments that there's things hidden in there that they can find. So that's pretty popular. And I think um, the weirdly, the, the, one of the other ones is, is basically just a, I, mean, I made it on Blender and it is literally just a shell of an airplane, but uh, it has the seats and we can change the, 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 the 360 model behind it so we can go anywhere. And, you know, and that's where one of the children said to me during lockdown, you know, we can't go anywhere, but here we can go everywhere. And I said, do you mind if I borrow that and use that as my tagline? And they were like, yeah, no mm. problem. 
and it was true. So there is that that world of literally just jump on board an airplane and sit on a chair while we do the chalk and talk, and then we'll sort of disembark and go to another world where we start the lesson. So it's sort of yeah, it's like a journey, a story, really. That is so timely because just the other day I had a grade eight student. I can't remember what we were talking about. Oh, we were just sort of, you know, chatting up before class started and he had come back from a flight and he's like, Mr. Frelick, there's got to be a better way to mm-hmm. get off and on an airplane than the current system. And I thought, you know, that would be a great study. And now that I think about your 3D model of the airplane, you know, I bet you you, you could probably try and emulate that somehow you know, maybe not on like a, a professional level, but kids could have a great time just trying to figure out like what would be the a better way, a better pattern than the current system of getting off and on an airplane. Yeah, one of the one of the students said, "Why don't you just put a slide in here? We just slide off." And I was like, when I started thinking about it, and now like, you were talking about it, how you know every time you disembark an airplane, don't bother just queuing up; just open the doors up and. Go down the slide and you're out outside. That might be <laughs> that might be the answer. <laughs> it's it sounds like from your website, and then you just alluded to this earlier in our talk about the concept of hybrid learning and how you said you know I was a little bit frustrated with teaching classes via Zoom. Do you find that using these spaces is mostly through synchronous activities, or is asynchronous experiences also? a mode of instructional design that you might use with these 3D worlds? Yeah, at the moment, it's the concept we're working on, like the hybrid classroom concept, is taking the best parts of virtual learning and and sort of dovetailing them or running them parallel to the physical classroom. So we'll move between the physical and the virtual, you know, um, goodness knows how many times in one lesson. Mm. So, for example, we start the, the Mars experience is – about finding a lost crew, but in that there's math, science, you know, geography, it's all in there wrapped into it. They don't even realize they're doing it, but we'll jump from chalk and talk uh, at the front of the class uh, to going onto the virtual world. And from the virtual world, we'll, there are links there to their uh, classroom management systems. So we use Nearpod and we use um, Google Classroom. And so they're constantly moving between the virtual and the physical. And that is where we get that 100% engagement. And I can't, and no one has ever said, and I use this quote quite a lot that, you know, no one's ever said to me, Oh, do you remember that worksheet we did last month? That was amazing. Can we do that again? Said no child ever, you know, (laughs) we we get them coming back saying, Oh, do you remember when we did this and we were in Mars and Oh my goodness. And, you know, we're now five months in of using this, this sort of concept and they're still talking about some of the stuff we did right at the beginning. And, and again, and I keep using this phrase, I can't put a value on that because I can't. And it's just, it's unbelievable, you know, not just my worlds, that's, you know, it could be other worlds that people have made. I'm not just bigging up my own stuff. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there that the teachers could just to dip into and use, but just give it a go. Like, I mean, with this WebXR, it's literally just a web link, you know, and away you go. And then it's limited only by your imagination. So yeah. I think and, that, sorry. And 3d assets. So like the, again, for, for anyone out there, that's a listener that aren't, still haven't wrapped their head around and as you said given it a go having the ability to put in these 3d assets in these virtual worlds so that students can can discover and manipulate and think more deeply about something i think we all as teachers know that you know one trick or key to 
active learning is to give them stuff to be curious about, to play with, like manipulatives in math. And the virtual world that you're talking about has that sort of innate ability because you can plop in, you know, gosh knows an airplane or whatever, you know, and you on your one of your blog posts, I'm going to pull the quote because I thought it was quite neat and, you know, begs explaining. You said, passive worlds are a bit like posh worksheets printed <laughs> on a holographic paper. And then you said there's a, a wow moment and then you actually have to do the worksheet. So tell me a bit about what, you know, about that statement and, and what it means to listeners. I sort of went full Oscar Wilde there, didn't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 I think it's often in education, there's a lot of flash over substance. And um, what's really important, I think, here is content for these worlds, building them with content and context. So, for example, like if we all jumped into a virtual world, like a pre-built one, and there's nothing in there, well, what are we doing? You know, you, you sort of, and that concept of like, that's, that is literally just like a flash worksheet that you still have to do the worksheet at the end. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no content there. So the worlds need to be filled with content. And I'm not talking about for business. Like if you go into a business meeting uh, and you're in there in one of these worlds, it's amazing. But for educators and for education, you need to have something in there. You know, otherwise it is literally just flash of a substance. So filling the world with a lot of content is, is absolutely key. And you said it yourself, like there's models all over the place. Like, I don't make half the models. I'm sort of, well, don't cleverly sort of put them together into, you know, into a world that I've sort of built through Blender and then added stuff in. But you don't really need to reinvent the wheel all over. The, every, you know, in teachers, we tend to reinvent the wheel quite often. But like you don't have to do that with these worlds. You can beg, borrow and you know, and bring stuff into your worlds that will make them engaging. And my advice to anybody is just give it a go. You know, it's 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 not hard. I mean, I'm living testament to that. I mean, I'm not a designer. I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who would spend hours sort of coding or anything like that. It, it literally is drag and drop for a lot of these things. And so if teachers are sort of on the edge of going, oh, I couldn't really do that, you could. You, you, they easily could. You know, and my advice would be just give it a go. And I think your students will thank you. No, or, e <laughs> or even looking at you, either what you've done or you mentioned, you know, the platform that you're using here is frame.io, which is by the company Verbella, even yeah. looking at, at their website, because you mentioned this before. Actually, when I talk to some educators around the world about this, you know, the first thing that they default to is, a 3D digital virtual classroom because that's what they're comfortable with and they're not sure given this sort of new technology and new medium what to do with it. But, you know, people like you are sort of saying, well, here's what we can do with it. Like we can take them to these places and, and, and force them into thinking deeply about, you know, uh, a scavenger hunt on Mars or, you know, using the ocean to actually do some of our, our deeper scientific thinking about food webs and food chains, et cetera. And so I think, again, people aren't necessarily, uh, they're too busy to think creatively. And, you know, we have people like you that are sort of showing us then how to take this new, you know, emerging technology and actually use it to uh, give us almost superpowers. Yeah, it, it's the actual, 
I just think, look, these students that we're, we've, we've got, they live in a world that moves at a million miles an hour. And it's been going that way for a long, long time. They, they've got all the devices and stuff. So we need to bring education on a parallel with their worlds at home. Now, I'm not saying it has to be about gamification and all that sort of stuff. It's not about that. It's about bringing you, – you, you, we can't do the whole, you know, your world outside moves at a million miles an hour. You come into school and all of a sudden you slam the brakes on, listen to me, I'm the font of all knowledge. That doesn't work anymore. You know, we need to be engaging on a level that is realistically what their expectations are. And if we can do that, then the learning becomes exponential because they're engaged and they're present in the moment. And these virtual worlds, whether they're remote or they're physically in the classroom, are doing exactly that. They're re-engaging these students on a level I've never even seen before. It's it's it, Honestly, it's actually quite unbelievable. And not only is it like, some students, it's nearly all students. So students with behavioural problems were tending to find a more engaged. Students who are disengaged normally with traditional learning because they're normally in a worksheet or what have you, are now re-engaging. And we're just seeing after five or six months now of, of working in this way, just these incredible results of just how they retain what we're trying to get them to do. And I I couldn't get that from a from a traditional teaching Method. It would have been a lot harder. Well, you could, but it would take a lot longer and it's a lot harder to keep them, you know, on point. Hmm. And this, what we're doing is allowing them to do that, allowing teachers to do that. And the feedback from both is, it's just incredible. Like, you know, you, you, you quite, I quite funny, like um, the other day I was working with, with a teacher and she was just grinning from ear to ear. And I just said, well, you're all right. And she said, look over there. Look, look, look. She he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. Look at him. And this, this child was totally engrossed in mm. in the lesson um, because he was able to sort of see it from a different perspective. And, and yeah, that's really heartwarming. I find that really, yeah, I do. I get quite emotional about that because, you know, it's about making a difference. Isn't that what education's about? And I'm hoping that, you know, we're doing that. Yeah, it should be anyway. Let's, let's dive into your brain for a sec. So let's say... I'm a teacher and I know my students are studying climate change. And I say to you, Andrew, you know, I want them to travel to Greenland, but that's all I know. Help me out, Andrew. I, I know I have to tackle climate change as a topic. And I know I think maybe I want to take them to this virtual world, Greenland. How would you help this teacher maybe with advice on building a world? And then more importantly, what would they do in that world then? Well, there's two things. I mean, they could build it themselves, which is would be great. Um, um, if you teach themselves a little bit of Blender or a little bit of um, design, or they could speak to their education department and get them to buy the EDU metaverse, and then they could just use my stuff. <laughs> 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 but like, to be totally serious about it, though, it's, I mean, it, it's what we do is, I mean, I'm, I've got one called uh, Climate, which is basically four biomes, desert, tundra, rainforest. And so the students go in there and then it, it could be, you could just take some of the bog standard worlds and things like frame and spatial and what have you. They all have bog standard worlds that come with it. You know, things like um, galleries and stuff like that. So they can, teachers could go into those worlds without actually having any building knowledge and add PDFs or add, um, images or videos. So rather than just giving your students a worksheet, you could already go to any of these WebXR technologies and, you know, go in and start putting your content in there. 
hyperlink things like uh, we 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 use a lot of um, learning platforms. We can just hyperlink that so that when a student is away during the day, they can come into the world anyway and still be part of the lesson. And in a post-COVID world, this is really important because we could sort of, if a teacher's away, they can still teach because we could just all meet up in this virtual space, you know, and sometimes we'll have it up on the board and a student will drop in that couldn't be there during the day. So there isn't really any reason why not, you know, it's, it's, it's all doable. And I think it's it, my early start would be maybe just pick a, pick a, pick one of the, you know, one of the platforms and just start putting your stuff in there and give it a go. I mean, that's, but that would be my advice really. Then you could fill it with your own content on climate or what have you. And the students could then visit. Can you use frame to get, free 3d assets within frame.io or do they have to either make them in blender or find them on other websites like sketchfab uh frame has its own uh, mm. design assets i think there are some already in there so you could literally just pull from their their library uh, a lot of these uh products are come with sketchfab in- integrated i know frame does and so it's literally mm. case if i wanted a, a lunar rover i could just within inside frame itself i could just um add in or search for that and then drop it straight into the world. I mean, for full disclosure, I don't work for frame. I mean, I love frame and that's where most of my worlds are. I'm not a frame employee before anybody starts thinking that. Um, It's just my preferred product. And there's, there's loads out there for full transparency, but yeah, frame for me and for us as educators works brilliantly. It's, it's in that platform of, um, yeah, of being able to do all the things that you want it to do as a teacher like finding models and then bring it in. So, I mean, just spark it up. You get three free ones and then just go and have a look, you know, mm. sign up for a free uh, Sketchfab account. Sketchfab is absolutely incredible. There's so much content on there. Uh, yeah, it, go for it. it can be overwhelming. And so let me talk a bit about what I mean by that. So I've been in virtual worlds, some of yours, in fact. And so these virtual worlds can be really rich with detail. So you've got the the background, you've got 3D assets sitting on the ground or floating and whatnot. You could add sounds, you could add PDFs or images on the wall, you could put a video in there. So, you know, like I said, it could get very overwhelming for someone who's entering it. So how do you balance this notion of, you know, we call it in instructional design, we call it cognitive load, which really relates to the amount of information that you're trying to take in can sometimes hold someone back from their working memory. Have you, have you thought a bit about that and the amount of visual stimuli and how do you balance that? Or how do you know whether maybe you don't want to bombard kids with too much stuff within the virtual space so that they remember what actually went on and what they're supposed to be doing? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think for us uh, in this classes that I work with, we sort of space that out by creating content that stretches over quite a long period. Like the Mars world has almost a week's worth of work in there, but you don't get to see it all the time. You, we gradually sort of drip feed it in there as, as the lessons go on. And, you know, or we might say to them, hey, you're only working in, in biome one today. Uh, don't worry about the other three biomes, you know, and there's uh, lots of content in those other biomes. So we sort of lead them through the activities and that's how the hybrid classroom, that's why the hybrid classroom is so good because we can sort of do that. So we're doing the chalk and talk in the classroom. We might say, go into biome one, there's an activity there for you to do. There's some models for you to look at. So we sort of lead it as teachers and then dictate what 
they've got access to at any one time. And that's just a case of closing things off. I mean, you can just tick a box and that will disappear or reappear whenever you feel like it. Okay, because you just answered my next question, which was like, I'm thinking about a physical field trip. So if I'm doing a physical field trip, you know, I'm not going to let kids, you know, wander off close to the river without being within my eye shot. How do you, uh, how do you execute something like that where they can't just wander off in a virtual world by using their keypad and just sort of start walking towards a biome that maybe they're not supposed to go to yet? I, I think this that's quite a good point, actually. But a lot of it is behavior management. Mm. You know, in the real world, there are expectations. And I think what often is missing in the virtual world is the same sense of mm. you need to have these boundaries. This is not about you just running around all over the place. And we will say to them, look, if you decide that you want to go running around on your own, there's time for that. You know, every world I build, I give them 20 minutes to go wandering around exploring. And I'll say to them then, after 20 minutes, you've explored everything, you've found all the Easter eggs, you've had a look, and we can go back and do that again later on. But now is the time when we sit down and we do the work. And it's the same as classroom management. You know, you just set the expectations really high from the beginning. I mean, it's incredibly hard not to do the, the other way around and to pull them back afterwards. So we'll say things like no laser pointers because that's a that's annoying and everybody just puts the lasers in everybody's eyes and that sort of stuff. And, you know, we'll say no doing the X, Y, and Z. But, you know, at the end of that, you will be able to tomorrow come back in, keep working because they just want to come in. They just, they just want to be there. And that is when you've got them because they want to be learning. They want to be in that world. And you just say, like, if you can't behave in the world, I'm afraid you can't come in. You know, traditional traditional teaching methods. Such a good point, Andrew. I'm glad you brought that up. You've mentioned Easter eggs twice now, and it keeps tweaking Mm -hmm. my ear because I'm just diving into Ready Player Two by Ernest Klein, and so I'm halfway through that book. I I don't know the book, but... um, He's famous... He's famous for Ready Player One's like a his first book, and it was obviously made into by Steven Spielberg, a Hollywood movie, and there's a sequel to it now, and talks right. about talks about Easter eggs and trying to find them within this virtual world. You you literally should check it out. I think you I would love it. Yeah. I, I I put them in there. I put them in. I I mean, it's probably my favorite thing of all building things to do is to put them in there. Like these little things, like the like the um, the Morse code message. Mm. That has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that it's just there and they find it and all of a sudden there's excitement because mm-hmm. what is it? What does it do? And I and I just nonchalantly just said, oh, it's Morse code and left it at that. So then they go away and they're like, I mean, these are year four students, right? So we don't talk, we don't teach Morse code. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at patterns and you're looking at the maths behind it and they go away and they're researching what is Morse code. And then one of them downloads the, you know, the, the cipher for Morse code and they're starting to work it out and and I let them go. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, if that's something that you've found and you're interested in and you've, you know, you've done everything that we've asked you to do, then go back to your Morse code and see if you can work it out and little things like that. And there's a lot of models that, that have hyperlinks to interesting things that they'll find. And um, quite often there are weird animals dotted around the place. <laughs> uh, there'll be lizards climbing up walls and stuff like that, that you have to really look at and be like, they're like, what's that? And then like, oh, it's a lizard or, oh, it's this. And then, and then that will link to something else as well. So I hide stuff all over the place uh, and that, and they know that. And so they're always looking. And again, it's about engagement. It's about retention and, you know, and, and keeping them interested and stuff like that, because 
their attention spans are shocking. <laughs> no two ways about it. But you know, mm. because worse, their lives are bombarded by information and, and they're oversaturated. And you talk about oversaturation, then that's exactly what's happening at home. And you know, but when we come to school, it's about focusing them, but just using the technology to be able to do that. Speaking of focus, currently I'm under the assumption that most of the kids, <clears throat> excuse me, are entering the 3D virtual worlds via computer, but they could, if they had a VR headset, enter these worlds in a VR headset, correct? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a crusader in the sense that obviously education isn't my absolute passion and and. and I want to make sure that as many people get access to this as possible, not for a financial means, but because I feel uh, that everybody sh- everybody should have the same education, whether you're from a private school or you're a remote school or here in Australia, everybody should get it, which is what I've created, why I've created it into in WebXR, because it is just a hyperlink and away you go. So if you've got a laptop or an iOS device, whatever, or you've got a browser, you can use this stuff. Um, but... The flip side of that is if you do have a virtual headset, you can jump in and mm. you can be there. And yeah, I very rarely, I mean, if anybody wants to donate one, no problem. You know where I am, <laughs> right? Um, I very rarely use the headset, if at all, because it's geared around accessibility and then yep. being able to jump in at any moment in time. But that is not to be said, it would be really cool to see it in VR. <laughs> Andrew, anything left unsaid that maybe the audience might want to hear about your journey through all this? Um, I guess like we've pretty much covered everything. It's and it is a journey. I'll tell you, like it's been it's been an interesting, I mean, it's been six months now since I started building. And from that, I mean you, anybody I don't know if you have the the links that you could let people come and have a look. It's it's all available to come and visit. I uh, the EDU metaverse is uh, you can go and visit all of the worlds. I jump around, have a little look. I think we'll maybe put the link somewhere for them. Yeah, I'll put cool. it in the show notes for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, please come along and follow. And it is a journey. And I and like you said, I, I'm always posting stuff. And I'm sort of conscious that I don't get too Facebooky on LinkedIn and, and just start posting stuff. But the stuff, the content that I tend to put up there is what's happening during the day with the world and with the students because. That's authentic, and I use that word a lot. It's, it's, hey, look, look what we're doing here, and we're making a difference. And these kids are getting something out of this. And my advice to anybody is just give it a go. If you're sat on the fence and you think it's too hard, it's not. Honestly, it, it just have a look at Frame VR or Spatial, whatever you want to use, and then just give it a go. Jump in, and you, you can. You don't even have to be building stuff. You can just be using it in such a way that you know it just it, it just enhances learning. I mean, you, we're looking at Education 3.0, right? This is Education 1.0, where we learn from the teacher. The teacher was the font of all knowledge. Uh, and then we moved to Education 2.0, which was bringing in devices like the iPad and, um, and laptops to be able to sort of um, give ownership to the learning. And now with this technology, we're looking, and I believe, at what is Education 3.0, the ability to learn anywhere, anytime from anyone. And it is incredibly powerful. So I tell you what I am looking for, and I might use this platform, it's okay, is experts. I would love to get experts in the field of oceanography, uh, Mars or space, what have you, and bring them into the world with the students as guest speakers. Please reach out. If, if it's, that's the key that I'm missing at the moment is experts. I would love to be able to bring them. 
Um, so we've got plans to bring in remote schools um, that, that, that wouldn't necessarily be able to communicate or to work with other students. And we're hoping to bring them into the world so that we've got like um, multiple platforms that they can come in and work um, from remote to virtual, so for, to the physical classroom, so that students can collaborate and can meet up. But I would love to have experts come in and, and lend their voice. And even their voice to, you know, feedback on a 3D world. I know uh, I was building one uh, in Engage, which is a different platform. And, you know, I, it was for actually a healthcare professional. And, you know, I, I actually thought I need a doctor just to sort of make yeah. sure that I'm, I'm <laughs> getting some of these things correct. So th that's a second sort of way that I feel experts could help us. You know, we know the pedagogy, we understand the curriculum, but sometimes making the world as realistic as possible, an expert can, can be someone that we tap into. 100%. I mean, I mean, the, the worlds I've built, I mean, I'm not an expert in geology. I, I you know, I, I work in a, uh, junior schools. So we're doing at that sort of level with the, the, so when I need some advice, I mean, one of the amazing things that happened was we've got a rock museum and I'm building that. I, mean, I work with some incredible educators and I'll mention them like, um, Jacqueline Burns, Zoe Stevens, the, the teachers that I work with are just unbelievable. And together we're building this, this world and putting their content in there. We had a rock museum that uh, Zoe wanted to build and we, we built that. And then we, realized after we put all the stuff in it, wouldn't it be great if we had an expert? And we managed to get hold of a guy called, a doctor called Dr. Richard Schultz, who is an absolute legend. And he came and spoke in the virtual world. You know, it was just mm. mind blowing. And so to have that extra level is just unbelievable. And, and this is what this technology allows us to do, to bring in experts, to bring in other students, to, to, to reconnect people, to allow them to be present in the moment and that is an incredibly powerful tool. But yeah, and you, you know, you already highlighted this, but I want to make it crystal clear to the learners. It's, you know, it's one thing to bring an expert into a classroom where there's like almost zero context or an yeah. expert to Zoom call your class. But as you've said all along, it's a whole different ball game when you've got the expert and the context is in front of the kids so that they see what the experts talking about, like whether it's rock formations or, you know, an oceanography expert where we're actually in a 3d world underneath the water and certain fish are coming around and the experts like pointing to us saying, you know, this is why they behave this way, etc. So, you know, one of the things that I decided to title this talk was the importance of context because that's these that's the power of these 3d worlds is they provide that context which is brain science would tell you that's when we remember things much longer is if it's in the right context yeah it, it's it, without context like you said they're just holographic worksheets <laughs> like i said like you mm. said going back to that original quote content and i use this phrase a lot content is key context is absolutely everything you know you you have to have that. Otherwise, it is just an empty experience. Andrew, it has been so wonderful talking to you and sharing your expertise. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Keep up the great work. It's been incredible just seeing how many worlds you've built, and I can't imagine the amount of time that you've had to put in to do all that. So we appreciate, <laughs> we, we appreciate you. No, thank you very much, and thank you for having me. And Yeah, if anybody's interested, you can find us. Um, on Facebook, that's I Teach Training or EDU Metaverse. 
uh, either one of those. There is, like I said, no big company. It's just myself and my dog is snoring in the background, and I hope <laughs> ha- it hasn't come out on the on the on the recording. Um, yep. So yeah, so you can find us um, Twitter, Facebook. Please hit us up, and if anybody has any questions, I would be more than happy to answer them. You can find us on yeah anywhere. Brilliant. I'll put your link to the show notes thank as you. well. So thank you so much. No, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Bye.